Welcome to Zikhu Dafsi Manim Rabbi Abraham Goldray, and today we're Zikhu Shoshana, Dafalamanov, the fourth parak, Yantav. Zikhu Shoshana has been generously sponsored as a schus for Chai Bas Esther. Before I begin this year, I want to invite you to the upcoming Zikhu Grand Chizuk event taking place in Pesach, New Jersey on Sunday, November 21st, in celebration of being Messiah Zikhu Shoshana, and for reaching the 25% of Shah's milestone. It's going to be an unforgettable night of inspiration. I hope to see you there. For more information, please email info at zichru.com. So the three topics we're going to focus on number one. A Bryce had taught the Shir Shir Yom that was sung with the Tamid Iche of the week and the reasons each Shir was chosen. Rehuda said in the name of Akiva, on the first day of the week, Sunday, we recite, L'Hashem Ha'art Hashem is the earth and its fullness in reference to the fact that on the first day of creation, Hashem acquired the universe and bequeathed it to mankind and ruled over his world by himself. On the second day of the week, they would recite, God of Hashem, Umahuma, or great is Hashem, much praise in the city of our God, Mount of His Holiness, in reference to the fact that on the second day, he separated the things that he made and reigned over them. Rashi explains that on the second day, Akash Baruch Hu created the Rikia, the firmament, which divides between the upper and lower strata of creation and established his dwelling above. This psalm speaks of a similar division on earth, the separation of Yushalayim and the Harabais from the rest of the world as the place where Shekhinah is manifest. The Bryson continues explaining the psalm selected for the remaining days of the week. Pointing to Rav Yudabar Edi said in the Nirav Yochanan, Esther Masa Os Nasa Shekhinah Mikroi. The Shekhinah journeyed ten journeys during the period of the destruction of Bais Rishon, as Kima derived from Psukim, who connected in Galson Sanhedrin with Gemara, and correspondingly, the Sanhedrin was exiled ten exiles during the period of the destruction of Baishani, as is known from oral tradition. The ten journeys of the Shina were from the Kaporis to one Kruv, and then from that Kruv to the other Kruv, then to the Mifsan, the threshold, which Rush explains is the threshold of the Heichel, then from there to the Chatzir, then to the Mizbech, then to the roof of the Heichel, and then to the wall of the Chatzir, and then to the city of Yushalayim, and then to Arzaisim, and then to the Midbar. And finally, the Midbar also be Yashabim Koma, from the wilderness, it ascended to Shemaim and settled in its place. As it stated, Elech Ashube El Makomi. I will go, I will return to my place. Yochanan said, Midbar. For six months, the Shechina lingered for Yisrael in the wilderness, hoping they would do Teshuvah. When they did not, he said, Tipachatzman, may their very essence suffer agony. And point number three, Yisrael said, In Kohanim Rishan, Lo'awas Basan, Bilein Lo'duchan. Kohanim are not permitted to ascend the Duchan in their sandals, the Gemara in Sota Dav Mem Amadolf explains that this was instituted because of the concern that a Kohen might sit down during Birchus Kohanim to tie a loose strap and people might suspect him of refraining from reciting the Bracha because of Apsul and his Yichas. And this is one of the nine enactments of Rabbi Yochum and Zakai instituted. Six of the Takanas are in this parak, one is in the first parak. The eighth one is that he annulled the decree that a ger must set aside a quarter shekel for his kinim, for his bird pair, the minimum shear, so he would be prepared to bring it when the base of Mikdash will be rebuilt. Rabbi Yochum and Zakai annulled it, Mipnei because of the stumbling block it created, since he might come to use the money for something else. There's some alchokas regarding what the ninth Takana was. So once again, the three points are number one. A Bryce taught the shir shal yom that was sung with the Tamid each day of the week and the reason each shir was chosen. Reviewed said in the Rebbe Kiva, on the first day of the week, Sunday, we recite, Hashem Hashem is the earth and its fullness in reference to the fact that on the first day of creation, Hashem acquired the universe and bequeathed it to mankind and ruled over his world by himself. On the second day of the week, 
they would recite, Gadol Hashem, Great is Hashem, and much praise in the city of our God, Mount of His Holiness, in reference to the fact that on the second day, He separated the things that He made and reigned over them. Rashi explains that on the second day, Hashem created the Rekia, the firmament, which divides between the upper and lower strata of creation and establishes dwelling above. This psalm speaks of a similar division on earth, the separation of Yushalayim and the Harabais from the rest of the world as the place where Shekhinah is manifest. The Bryce continues explaining the psalm selected for the remaining days of the week. Point number two, Rabbi Yudah Bar-Idi said in the name of Yochanan, Eser Masaos Nasa Shekhinah Mikroi. The Shekhinah journeyed ten journeys during the period of the destruction of Bais Rishon, as came derived from Sukim, who connected Galsan Sanhedrin with Gomorrah. And correspondingly, the Sanhedrin was exiled ten exiles during the period of the destruction of Bai Shani, as is known from oral tradition. The ten journeys of the Shekhinah were from the Kaporis to one crew, and then from that crew to the other crew, then to the Mifsan, the threshold, which Rush explains is the threshold of the Heichel, then from there to the Chatzir, then to the Mizbech, then to the roof of the Heichel, and then to the wall of the Chatzir, and then to the city of Yishalayim, and then to Harzesim, and then to the Midbar, and finally, the Midbar also Yashab bin Koma. From the wilderness, it ascended to Shemaim and settled in its place, as it stated, Elech Ashuve El Makomi. I will go, I will return to my place. Yochanan said, For six months, the Shekhinah lingered for Yisrael in the wilderness, hoping that they would do Teshuva. When they did not, he said, May their very essence suffer agony. And point number three, it was taught in a price, Kohanim are not permitted to ascend the Duchen in their sandals for Birchus Kohanim. The Gemara in Sota Dav Mem Amanov explains that this was instituted because of the concern that a Kohen might sit down during Birchus Kohanim to tie a loose strap and people might suspect him of refraining from reciting the Bracha because of a Psul in his Yichas. And this is one of the nine enactments of Yochim Menzaka instituted. Six of the Takanas are in this parak, one is in the first parak. The eighth one is that he annulled the decree that a ger must set aside a quarter shekel for his kinim, for his bird pair, the minimum shears, so he'll be prepared to bring it when the base of Migdash will be rebuilt. Yochim and Zakai annulled it, Mipneta Kala, because of the stumbling block it created, since he might come to use the money for something else. There's some alchokas regarding what the ninth takana was. All right, so now we go to our simon daf and our standard simon is the law, and we use a judge to make it a more distinct. So judge is our simon. So here goes. The judge who sang the shir shall yom as he entered the courtroom suddenly stopped when he looked at the weather-beaten defendant who had survived ten exiles all the way into the wilderness, only to be put on trial because he ascended the duchen wearing sandals in violation of one of nine tekanos. Once again, it's a motion. The judge, judge, that must be Rundav Lamed Aleph. Wow. The judge who sang the shir shall yom as he entered the courtroom, which reminds us that we have a rights that teaches why each shir shall yom was chosen. So the judge who sang the shir shall yom as he entered the courtroom suddenly stopped when he looked at the weather-beaten defendant who had survived ten exiles all the way into the wilderness, which reminds us that we learned about the Esther Masaos, the ten journeys that the Shekhinah took as it went to exile during the destruction of Baez Rishon, and correspondingly the Sanhedrin was exiled ten exiles during the destruction of Baez Shani. So the judge who sang the Shir Shalyom as he entered the courtroom suddenly stopped when he looked at the weather-beaten defendant who had survived ten exiles all the way into the wilderness, only to be put on trial because he ascended the duch and wearing sandals in violation of one of nine Tekanas. Which reminds Rabbi Yochum and Zakai enacted nine Tekanas, the eighth one being Kohanim are not permitted to ascend the duch in their sandals for Birchus Kohanim. The Gemara and Sot explains that this was instant because of the concern that people might sit down during Birchus Kohanim to tie a loose strap and people might suspect him of refraining from reciting the Bracha because of a psul in his yichas. So once again, the judge who sang the Shir Shalyom as he entered the courtroom 
suddenly stopped when he looked at the weather-beaten defendant who had survived ten exiles all the way into the wilderness, only to be put on trial because he ascended the duke and wearing sandals in violation of one of nine tekanos. All right, now it's time to go to our four blah blah chazara. Dav Chavzayin. So the similar Dav Chavzayin is a kazoo. So here goes. The two kids who proudly blew their silver kazoos, kazoos, that must be more than Dav Chavzayin. The two kids who proudly blew their silver kazoos, which reminds us, the Mishnah Dav Chavav of Beis State regarding blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah in the base of Migdash, the two trumpets are blown at the sides. The shofar marich, the chatzros is mekatzros, shemitz is a yom shofar. The shofar blast is extended, the trumpets blow short, for the midst of the day is with the shofar. The Gemara clarifies that two sounds from two people are discernible in certain circumstances, such as in the case of Halal and Megill, where even ten people can read them simultaneously. Since each of these readings are dear to the listener, he puts his mind to discern every word. Here too, since the mitzvah of shofar is dear, he puts his mind to hear the sound of the shofar while the trumpets are blown. So the two kids who probably blew their silver kazoos as the ball Takea blew a shofar, whose mouth was plated in gold, which reminds us, the mission say that the mouth of the shofar blown on Rosh Hashanah in the base of Migdash is plated with gold, whereas the mouths of shofars blown on fast days are plated with silver. Two reasons are given for the difference. If you prefer, you can say, every assembly is convened with silver instruments based on the Pasuk, or you can say a Torah chasam, Mamon and Shisrael. The Torah is concerned for Yisrael's money and did not want to burn the communal treasury with the expense of plating with gold. The Gemara said if there's a monetary burden, then the shofar of Rosh Hashanah should also be plated with silver. And the answer is, Afiyu hachi kavid yantav adif. Nevertheless, contributing to the honor of Rosh Hashanah by plating the shofar with gold is a greater consideration. So the two kids who probably blew their silver kazoos as the Baltikeya blew a shofar, whose mouth was plated in gold, were appalled when their friend blew into his kazoo from the wrong end. Which reminds us, it was taught in a brace of Hafkhu, but talk about Uliyata. If he reversed the shofar and blew into it, he's not fulfilled his chiv. The Torah says, Vahavarta, and shall cause it true to pass. This teaches that we require the shofar to be blown in a manner in which it is carried on the animal's head, meaning with the original narrow end still narrow and the original wide end still wide. So the Simr Davchavches is a strong man. So here goes. The strong man, strong man, that must be more on Davchavches. The strong man who blew with all of his might into a shofar that was taken from an ola, which reminds us, Rebuto holds one should not blow the shofar of an ola, but if he did, he hasn't fulfilled his chiv, whereas one should not blow the shofar of a shalmi, if he did, he hasn't fulfilled his chiv. What's the difference between them? Ola is bas me'ila, he and ola is subject to me'ila. Therefore, once he blew its horn and thereby committed me'ila with it, the horn goes out to the unconsecrated state. Rabbah say that one does fulfill his chiv with both of them because mitzvahs labohanisni. The mitzvahs were not given to Yisrael for the purpose of driving benefit from the fulfillment. Rashi explains that they were given as a yoke upon one's neck. So the strong man who blew with all of his might into a shofar that was taken from an ola to play his favorite song, which reminds us, Rabbah said that a ruling that one who is forced to eat matzah is yotzi, is chiv, indicates that one who blows a shofar from Rosh Hashanah for the purpose of playing a song has also fulfilled his chiyam. Rav is coming to teach that one might have thought in the case of matzah, echo matzah amar The Torah said, eat matzah, and this coerced person, in fact, ate matzah and fulfilled the mitzvah. Whereas in the second case, zikron truxiv, it's written that on Rosh Hashanah there shall be a remembrance of shofar blast, v'hai masasik ba'amahu, and this one is merely a preoccupied individual, and therefore does not fulfill the mitzvah. Kamash that Rav is coming to inform us that they are indeed analogous, and the shofar blower also fulfills his chiyam. So from here we see the Rav holds mitzvahs ain't srichos kavana. Mitzvahs do not require kavana. So the strong man who blew with all of his might into a shofar that was taken from an ola to play his favorite song couldn't wake up his friend who went to sleep in a sukkah on the eighth day of sukkahs. 
with Kavana, which reminds us that Rabbah rules regarding a case where one sleeps in a sukkah on the eighth day, that with respect to violating Baltosiv, the rule is that during the Mrs. designated time, Kavana is not required. Shalob is boy Kavana, but not during his designated time, it does require Kavana. Dav Chavtes, so the similar Dav Chavtes is a cot. So here goes. The man sitting on the cot, cot, that must be more Dav Chavtes. The man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air, which reminds me, going from Moshe raising his hands in Muhammad with a Malik, that calls Mansha Yisrael Mustak and Klapi Malik, so long as Yisrael gazed upward, Meshabin Aslibam, Lavihim, Meshashamayim, Haimis Gabrim, and subjugate their heart to their Father in heaven, they would prevail, but if not, they would fall. The same lesson is learned from the Nachash and the Choshes that was placed on a pole so that those afflicted in the plague would look up to Avihim, Meshashamayim. So the man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air, was surrounded by Kohanim and Levim, who had gathered to listen to the blowing of the shofar, which reminds us that it was necessary for the time to teach that Kohanim and Levim are chayv in Tekiah shofar, for if he had not done so, you might have said that since we learned in the Mishnah, Shabbat Yovel Rosh Hashanah, Tekiah Abrachos, the laws of the Yovel year are identical to the laws of Rosh Hashanah with regard to the blowing and the Abrachos, only someone who is subject to Yovel in its entirety is chayv in the Tekiahs of Rosh Hashanah. But Kohanim and Levim, since they're not subject to the laws of Yovel year in its entirety, since Kohanim and Levim may sell their property at any time and may redeem it at any time, we would say that they're not obligated to miss the Tekiah show from Rosh Hashanah. Kamashmah and the Tana therefore informs us that they are indeed chayv. So the man sitting on the cot with his arms raised in the air was surrounded by Kohanim and Levim, who gathered to listen to the blowing of the shofar, that the head of Basin said, to blow on Shabbos. Which reminds us of how Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai incident blowing the shofar by Basin and Yavda on Shabbos after the Churban of Baisheni. He told the Bnei Ben Sarah that they should blow and then they'll deliberate. And after it was blown, he said, the horn has been heard on Shabbos and Yavda and one should not refute Basin after the deed has been done. But she explains that if they now forbid blowing even in Basin, people will say their blowing was done in error, which will expose them to ridicule. Daf Lamed. So the Simr Daf Lamed is a Malamed, a Rebbe. So here goes. The Rebbe, Rebbe. That must be more Daf Lamed, Malamed. The Rebbe, who was waiting with his Talmudim to listen to the shofar blowing on Shabbos outside of Basin, which reminds us, the mission of Daf Chavtes on the base brought him out to Rabbi Yochum and Zakkai's enactment of blowing the shofar on Shabbos after the Churban. Rabbi Leza said he only enacted blowing the shofar in Yavne, and the Chami said to him that he instituted both for Yavne and for any place in which there's a basin. Rav Huna said the im basin, and the blowing must be done with basin. The first version of Rav Huna's statement explains that im basin means in the presence of basin. The mere existence of a basin in a city is not an adequate deterrent to prevent people from carrying the shofar and Rishus of Rabim on Shabbos. So the Rebbe who was waiting with his Talmudim to listen to the shofar blowing on Shabbos outside a basin, decided to do something as a Zechel Mikdash, which, which reminds us when the basin Mikdash was destroyed, when Yochum and Zakkai instituted that they would be taken the provinces all seven days of Sukkot, Zechel Mikdash, as a remembrance of the basin Mikdash. The Gemara brings the source that we're bidden to make a Zechel Mikdash from the Pasuk, Tzion hi Dorsh Einla, saying, she is Tzion, there is none who seek her. From the words, Dorsh Einla, there is none who seek her, Mikal, the boy Drisha. It's implied that she requires seeking. So the Rebbe was waiting with his Talmud to listen to the Shofar blowing on Shabbos, Outside of Basin, designed to do something as a Zechel Mikdash. So he held a class discussion if the Levim should sing the Shir Shalyom if any of the Chodesh are delayed in coming. Which reminds us, the next mission states, originally they accepted Eis Chodesh all day. It once occurred that the witnesses were delayed in coming, and the Levim went awry in the singing the daily Shir. Consequently, the Chodesh instead of the Basin should only accept Eidim until the Mincha, referring to the afternoon Tamid, 
and if they came from Mincha onward on Rosh Hashanah, they would observe that day and the following day as holy. The Gemara asked, in which way did the Levim go awry? In Babel, they explained, Shul Amr Shira called Iker, that the Levim did not recite his Shira at all. Rabbi Zerah Neres Yisrael said, Shamr Shira Shochol in Tamid Shol Ben Arbaim, that they recited the weekday Shira with the afternoon Tamid. All right, that concludes today's Shira. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.